everyone, and welcome to Kansas City Actors Radio Theater. I'm Cinnamon Schultz, and I'll be your host today for another episode of the finest radio drama performed by your favorite Kansas City actors. This week, we have episode four of our original series, Kansas City 1924, written by local playwright Forrest Attaway. Our sponsor for Kansas City 1924 is Tom's Town Distilling Company, downtown Kansas City's first legal distillery since Prohibition, bringing back the roaring 20s in every bottle. When the king of Kansas City was boss, Tom Pendergast, he ruled over a city of gamblers, speakeasies, and rule breakers. The Paris of the Plains never missed a drop of gin, bourbon, or vodka, and they still don't. Tom's Town spirits don't just break the rules, they change the game. You can find their vodka, gin, and bourbon at your local liquor store. Tom's Town, the people are thirsty. And I hope you people are thirsty for another taste of Kansas City 1924. Here's the fourth episode. It's called The Levy Breaks. are heavy this time of year. As the Mafia and the Livestock Exchange soldier up, Fitzy and his family make their way to the northeast bend of the river, where a band of Romani nomads camp this time of year on their way north for the summer. The Romani tribe is shrouded in unfamiliar traditions and are said to have a special connection to this world. And the next... Madam Boca, are you here, Boca? Preroma, oh Preroma, who calls on Boca after such a long night? The Fitzwall family mm. is here to pay their respect, Madam Boca. Maybe we should come back later, Daddy. Quiet, girl. To pay, to pay respect, and you bring horses to Boca, for you are in need of answers. To pay respect, and yes to seek your wisdom and gifts, Madam Bo. Ah. So, no horses. Quiet, Spiro. We have money. Spiro, no! <laughs> I have money, Gira. What I need is horses. You could buy a horse with the money. <laughs> Why are you here, Gaucho? No disrespect, Boca. We find ourselves in trouble. Again. I'm sorry? You find yourself in trouble again. I know you, black man. (laughs) Boca remembers you, your wife, your daughter. Come here, Shay. Let me look at you. Uh, Go on, Rose. Daddy. Go on, girl. Not going to bite you, girl. Let me look at you. Yes. Uh, Yes, there you are. Now open your mouth for Madame Boca. Why? Ah. Do it, child. Open your mouth. Let Boca see who you've been talking to. Little flower with the borrowed voice. Do you want Boca to take it back? Take it back? This is nuts, Daddy. Do as she asked, daughter. Ah. Ah. There it is. There it is. So firmly planted this voice. It was a good trade. So why are you here, black man? My son George here has laid with another man's wife. And 
Now she is with child. Mm. Life is a gift. Marriage can be altered. The woman is a white woman, Boca. Spit up! Gah. Come here, boy. Hmm? What's your name? It's George. It's George. It's George. <sighs> Give me your hand, George. Spear of quiet, old man! <laughs> he gets so jealous. <laughs> yes. The child is seated. The child is healthy. Can it be unseated? Is that why you have come, black man? You want Boca to take a life? Can it be done? Daddy, no. This child is a death sentence to my boy, and you know it, Boca. All things can be done, but not by my hand. You ask me to pluck out the seed, I will not. Hmm. And you, George, are you strong enough to take the life of your unborn child? A child's ghost is a painful thing. I'm willing to trade my life for my child. Now you sound like a mother. That was the deal you made, was it not, black man? It was her choice, not mine. Your father brought your mother and sister to me while they danced with the lady six years ago. And when given the choice, your mother took her own life on the banks of this river. <laughs> That's her voice anchored in your soul, child. I remember you now. And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what child, what else do you remember? I remember a violin. Ah, yes. A violin, and it sings a song of life. Life is a road, little flower, and you have been gifted a second life. Know your strength, little flower. You carry two souls with you. You are your mother, and you are yourself. Now, George, come see Boca next week. Bring the woman. The machine was Thomas Joseph Pendergast and the Goats. The Goats were a faction of the Democratic Party that started out in the bottoms and made their way up and out. Whereas their rivals, the Rabbits, fed off the sweetest, greenest cabbage from some of the deepest pockets around. It's an election year, and Ed Lockridge, Goat Party chairman, holds court. I think it's clear where Mr. Pendergast stands on women's issues, Ms. Farrow. After all, wasn't it TJ that donated places for the movement to meet over the years? If anything, he's a champion of women's rights. It's clear that Mr. Pendergast is the champion of registering voters. Mr. Pendergast is the father to two daughters, Ms. Farrow. <laughs> Tell me, Mr. Lockridge, I forget, which one of his daughters has endured excruciating hours in the garment district? Hmm? Only to go home to a household full of hungry children? Now, those women 
have a right to work as many hours as they want, Ms. Farrow. They also have the right to stay home and take care of their children. They also have the right to attempt both. I don't know what kind of power you think Mr. Pendergast possesses as if he had some sway over how other men operate their businesses. That is exactly what I am suggesting. Well, I hate to disappoint you. Mr. Pendergast is, at best, a concerned citizen who, from time to time, might make a suggestion to another man of enterprise, but he would never wrench the arm of a man who's doing his best to feed his own family. Well, maybe I'm in the wrong office. It's a distinct possibility. Perhaps I should be visiting with Mr. Shannon's people. (sighs) Perhaps. However, Mr. Shannon and his rabbits do like to sleep in on Sundays. They also enjoy being fed before they act on favors, and that is what you're asking for, is it not? A, A favor? I'm asking you gentlemen to do the right thing. And? And I would be grateful. What I mean to say is, we would be grateful. Ah, there you are. See, a kind word goes a long way, Miss Farrell. Pardon the interruption, Mr. Lockridge. I didn't know you were in a meeting. Well, that's all right, Captain. We were just about finished. This is Tierra Farrow. She's an attorney for the Women's Club. Ms. Farrow, may I introduce you? We've met. You? How are you, Captain? Ah, oh, enjoying this spring day. Thank you, miss. I'll leave you, gentlemen. Shall I follow up in a few weeks, Mr. Lockridge? As you wish. The greatest of apologies, Mr. Lockridge. I'm here on behalf of Joe Giovanni. Mm-hmm. Was he in an accident? Sir? Are his legs injured, or maybe I have insulted him? Uh, not that I'm aware of, Mr. Lockridge. Yet he sends you. He doesn't come himself. Understood, Mr. Chairman. If it pleases you, I'll take my leave. Uh, Now, silly. What sort of a host would I be if I didn't offer you a whiskey? (laughs) (laughs) I would not oppose it, sir. (laughs) I don't like seeing you as an errand boy, Constable. A good Irish soul such as yourself is a gift in the protection of our fair city. But uh, do you have any ambition? I do for me and mine. We'll make a politician out of you yet, Sullivan. Ah, may the road rise up to meet you, sir. <laughs> Give it to me, plain Sullivan. What's Giovanni after? Why is he picking a fight with the ranchers? From one Irishman to another, sir. He wants the West Bottom. Well, he can't have it. Not all of it, sir. Just the wet mile. Is there an offer? The Monroe, sir. Giovanni feels it's a more than comparable offer to the shanties on the wet mile. And, of course, the continued support for the goats, sir. Is there anything else? You would like one more thing, Mr. Chairman. What's that? Past weekend's actions from the ranchers wronged Mr. Giovanni. The cost to his establishments as well as his reputation are incalculable. So what does he want? Permission, sir. Permission? For... What, exactly? Retribution. Mr. Lockridge? What is it? I'm in a meeting. Uh, The livestock exchange? Some sort of emergency? As Captain Sullivan leaves the Lockridge office, it begins to rain. It's a rain that wets your coat, but not your socks. As the week walks by in a percussive march, the rain does not stop. Nor does the city. The music is everywhere, day and night. Like some clarion call high on a hill, 
Jazz is the breath of Kansas City. And as it makes its way through the streets, so does the news to the livestock exchange that tragedy has struck. How many, Tom? Well, uh, it's... How many? Most of them. Over 500, to be certain. 500? Where were they pastured before the switch? It's not the clover, Ma. It's us. Well, we can't know for sure. Got at least 50 dead rats that say different. They hit our water, Ma. The more bad news is coming. Uh, I'm sure of it. Joey Giovanni. What do you want to do? I want to cut his legs off. When is Wesley back? I believe tomorrow, Ma. Well, I'm not waiting. Tom, you tell Skaggs and his boys to stop every truck coming into this city. If those trucks are carrying liquor, burn them. I doubt the names of anyone bathtub and booze for extra scratch in the city and break their hands. I'm not going to stand for this. It's time we let Giovanni know who really runs this town. You taking it to the street mall? Not yet. I gotta get some law behind us first. Giovanni has the city cops in his pockets. Sheriffs, too. Then bring me the federal boys. No reason to be breaking down doors if we have the keys. Find Special Agent Shane Rouse and bring him to me. Bring him here to the house or to the office, Ma? Just get him here. Yes, ma'am. Good morning, Mother. You look very unpleasant. As I live and breathe. My perfect daughter up with the sunrise and no presents under the tree. Your love is the only gift I desire, Mother. I will never leave you, child. Now, how is it that you're up so early? Cece has promised to take me shooting this morning. Good morning to you, Miss Cox. Morning, Lady Pritchett. Shooting, did you say? Mm -hmm. I warned against it. That's because you as fun as an empty barrel. I don't like it. Well, now. It may not be a poor idea. But just the rifle, Miss Cox. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lady Pritchett. Tom, track down Skaggs and the other people we talked about and meet me at the office. Yes, sir. Amy, will we see you for supper? It's the weekend, Mother. Where are your shoes, girl? Cece doesn't like to wear shoes. And I don't want to make her feel uncomfortable. You put some shoes on, please, both of you. Not running a flop house. I can't let you travel alone, Ma. I can track those men down after I get you to the office. Let's do what I ask. Ladies? Yes, ma'am. We are going out tonight, Charlie. No, Cher, we are not. Of course we are. I will not, girl. You will not. I will do what I want when I want. And what I want is Friday, Friday, Friday. Cher, no. Mm. Lady Pritchett and T. Tom will skin me like a snake. (laughs) Then we don't tell them. As the rain continues to fall, the city's brick and mortar glistens. Some say jazz was built during these soft, wet moments. The light hits the streets as it reflects off the ever-moving streetcars and tinted windows of downtown like a kaleidoscope. Voices fall in and out of the doorways and windows as people both bless and curse the rain. Although the news of the recent loss to the livestock exchange has not yet reached the ears of the Royale, their gloves are on and their buttons buttoned. 
Hey, Mike. Oh, there's a broken glass in the back room. Hi, Clemmy. Are you busy? Do you know me? I know more today than I did yesterday. Easy, girl. You got me sideways, Mike. Can't stop thinking about you. Let me stay in your room tonight. Hey, hey, now, keep it down. If Alice hears you, we'll both be on our arches. Then say yes before I blow my horn. You wouldn't. I would. (sighs) It's going to be a long night, Clementine. As long as it ends in your room, I don't mind the hours. (laughs) You got some grease, girl. I'll tell you what. There'll be a crack at my door when I'm ready to lay down. If you find your way back to my bed, I ain't going to be mad at you. Say you like it. I like it. (laughs) Now... Tell me you want it. I'm trying to get this place open, Clemmy. I'll leave it alone. For now. Thank you. So if you get a couple of drum beats, I'll be upstairs. Yes. Taking a bath. (laughs) Right. Oh, and we need fresh towels. I'll have some sent up. Or you could bring them up. Oh, damn this rain. Mike, throw me a towel. Here you go. Hi, Alice. Clem, nature can't make up its mind. Rain and sunshine all week. Rain and sunshine. I like it. I like rainbows. Me too. Wowza, I never knew that. They're peaceful. And what about butterflies? Well... Please stop whatever this conversation is. Where are we at on the trucks? Gone for an hour now. We're ready to roll. Is Joey here? I seen Mr. Giovanni in the back with that copper. Sullivan? They've been back there for a while. Sully came in here all bent up. Well, Snooper, did you hear what they were razzing about? No. I sort of stumbled in there on accident, and then Mr. Giovanni threw a glass at me, so I left. Right. Well, why don't you leave now? I need to talk to Mike. Sure thing. See you around, Big Mike. See you, Clemmy. I'll have some towels uh, set up to you girls. Where you been all afternoon, Alice? You work for the papers now? Uh, none of my business. Mm-hmm. So how can I help you? Where's your buddy, Holiday? Well, I'm not his keeper. The West Bottoms is in a lurch. <laughs> what's new? You're what's new. You and Mr. Holiday. Looks like you boys overbet the pot with that cattle stunt. Hundreds are dead. Hundreds! I hope you're pointing some of those fingers at yourself. I am well aware of my role in this opera. How many? Too many. How many is too many? Oh, I'd say get used to your surroundings, because you're not going anywhere anytime soon. Oh, there he is. Uh, Holiday! Shuffle your bones, Holiday. We need to talk. What's this skinny? What's going on with these faces? Looks like we're going to war. As the sun drops slowly behind the gray canopy of the evening sky, the rain puddles slap with the feet of patrons filling the streets. It's a long, soft rain. There is a distant rumble of thunder that feels more like an idea than a threat. However, the threat is real, and others are taking notice. Joe Giovanni meets with Sully. Don't speak to me like a child, Captain. Don't let my tone confuse your delicate sensibilities, Joe. But your boys crossed a line with this poisoning nonsense. Ah. And now our deal is dead with Lockridge and the Pendergast goats. Uh, TJ will come around. He's a man of vision. 
They won't be able to turn us back on the livestock exchange. They bring in too much money. <laughs> and not one of them votes here. It's a company of shiftless cowboys and wealthy landowners who don't own land here. Do you think they're going to stop spending money in Kansas City because a few cattle died? I think those cowboys are cleaning their guns as we speak. No violence in the city. That's the arrangement. What you're not understanding is the likes of who you're dealing with. These cowboys have soldiers, crack shots, and dark histories. Colonel Wesley alone has the scratch to buy half a Kansas City if he gets the notion. If these cowpokes want to swim with me, I'll drown every last one of them. You know as well as I, Joe, those boys bring in money. I know what I bring to the table in an election year, and so do you. If the goats can't see the truth in that, then maybe we need to renegotiate. You're not listening. Our deal with the Monroe and the Moyle is in the wind. What what do they want? It's the pound of flesh that Pritchard and her ranchers want. This is all just now making its way down the river. But be aware, a beaten is coming, and you'll just have to take it till things fall back into place. All these years between us, Sally, and you side with my enemy. You stop looming over me like some vengeful angel. Sit, sit, and uh, and drink with me. You must know we only wanted to make the animals sick. Drink, drink, Sally. Don't abandon what has only brought you fruit. My first responsibility is to the city and its people. Mm, Mine as well, mine as well. I love this city and its people. You know this. And I am not some old fool. I know a price must be paid, and I am wise enough to endure it. Now, in Boca Lupo, drink. Drink, eh? We're in a barrel, Joel. No one died, Sally. A few cattle, that's all. I can feel it, though, Joel. Death is coming. Well, if he shows his face around here, we'll all have another drink before we start trading pawns. Maybe you should apologize, Joel. See Pritchard face to face. Tell her it was a case of insubordination. <laughs> Not even Sheila Pritchard would believe that. Here, drink, drink. Your house guest, Esposito, he's Ah. new in town. Perhaps he got into an altercation with one of our people and acted out on his own. He's been here for a week. Has he told you why he's here? Your man, Vincent Esposito, has a warrant, Joe, a federal warrant. Seems he was present two weeks ago when Frank Capone was gunned down by plainclothes officers during an altercation. Frank Capone? Al Capone's brother. Al Capone works for Torrio. He's the right hand of Torrio, they say. So they think Vinny, what, set up Frank? They don't pass out federal warrants for local murder. Not an option. He has his father's name. And that's enough? Do you know why they call his father the Butcher? I've heard tales of dismemberment to people that crossed him. He would take... Parts of people, depending on the offense. 
If you heard something you weren't supposed to hear, he would take your ears. If you said something to the wrong person, he would take your tongue. If you stole, he would take your hands. If you were given an order and refused to follow it, he would castrate you like a pig. Vincent is here as a favor to his father, and I will not cross him. So, you have no problems laying down? Perhaps I should have a conversation with this woman. Uh, Of course. But if you decide to move forward with this idea, no, she will not come here. You'll have to go to the West Bottom. What? With my hat in my hand? No. There is another way. There is an undefinable energy this Friday night, and it's not clear if it was the lightning or the rain that has stopped the streetcars, but George and Rose are late to the Royale. Giovanni has had a call to arms, and the club is peppered with gunmen and friends of the family. Vincent sits at the end of the bar, a bit anxious but in control. And, for whatever reason, Big Mike seems happy. (laughs) Okay, Mike, you have to stop. Stop what, Holiday? You have to stop smiling. You're gonna lose your blue-nosed reputation. Not to mention your smiling is like a ghost story. It's terrifying. <laughs> you slay me, Holiday. You should tread the boards with your comedy act. Yeah, just making an observation. Well, keep it in your pocket. A man has a right to be happy. So you are happy? Not your concern, Holiday. Ooh, do you find gold in the desert? If you're gonna be a gumshoe, get off my bar. Alright, I'll leave it alone. I don't want to dim your light, Big Mike. With the opening of the door, the noise in the Royale becomes a deafening silence. Vincent and Mike both look up to see Rose. She's covered in blood. She is wet with it. With an overwhelming sadness in her eyes, she begins to whisper. Help me. Help me. Help me! Rose! I got a feeling everything's gonna be alright. Be alright, be alright, be alright. This is Kansas City, 1924. No, not Rose. Not sweet Rose. Do we lose her? Tune in next week to find out. Featured in this week's episode were Victor Rader Wexler as the narrator, Walter Coppage as Fitzy, Vanessa Severo as Madame Boca, Bree Woods as Rose, Justin McCoy as George, Jan Rogie as Ma Pritchett, Kyle Dick as Tom, Katie Hall as Amy Pritchett, Chioma Anyan Wu as Charlie, Katie Gilchrist as Pharaoh, Ryan Paulette as Lockridge, Mike Ott as Police Captain James Sullivan, Jen Mays as Clementine, Scott Cordes as Big Mike, Ellen Kirk as Alice, Mark Robbins as Joey Giovanni, Matt Schwader as Vincent, and I snuck in as the aide to Mr. Lockridge. The episode was directed by Victor Rader Wexler, sound design and engineering was by John Robertson, and it it was written by Forrest Attaway. Kansas City Actors Radio Theater is made possible by support from donors like you. 
and our program sponsors, which include the Estelle S. and Robert A. Long Ellis Foundation, the Muriel McBrien Kaufman Foundation, the Richard J. Stern Foundation for the Arts, the Miller Nichols Charitable Foundation, Theater League, the Missouri Arts Council, Arts KC, and special thanks to Mark and Valerie Andrus. Of course, our exclusive sponsor for Kansas City 1924 is Tom's Town Distillery. Tom's Town spirits don't just break the rules, they change the game. You can find their vodka, gin, and bourbon at your local liquor store. Tom's Town, the people are thirsty. I'm Cinnamon Schultz, and please stay healthy and stay tuned.